Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hey, Jim. Kimberly, we are living through the pandemic. This is a season of history that I think none of us will ever forget. Ever, ever, ever. And probably not want to revisit <laughs> if, we can, <laughs> if we can escape the reality because the pandemic has robbed us. It has stolen from us. It has subtracted from life at sure. every level. That's my sense of it. How are you doing in the pandemic, Kimberly? I'm doing okay. You know, we have uh, we have an income. We're we have a home. We have a roof over our heads. We have our health. So we're grateful. And I'm with you on that. I I cannot help but every day just stop to give thanks to give thanks to God that I do have a job and that my family has not been touched by the virus itself, so far as I know, and that uh, we do have a place to sleep. And there are a lot of things that. I can focus on that I don't have anymore. I can't just get on a plane and fly like I used to. I can't just go out to dinner in the way I used to. I can't invite people to my house as I used to. I can't go to the gym like I used to. Sure. But man, what I do have, lots to be thankful for. But for all of that, I still feel myself sometimes closing in. And then I have to wonder, what would it be like if I actually was infected by COVID? And I know that some people have light cases, you might say, but I also know that no matter what your age, the disease can be devastating. Mm -hmm. How do we cope? How do we cope with that knowledge, this reality, this pandemic? We have with us today a guest who has been talking to us over the last couple of weeks. Kimberly, so glad he's back one more time. Yes. Dr. Gary Vaughn, thanks for joining us, Gary. Jim, glad to be back with you both. And when I say Dr. Gary Vaughn, he's not here to help us physically diagnose our troubles, but to mentally and emotionally That's understand right. how to cope because he is a psychologist and uh, he is in a practice with one of the great healthcare providers in the Great Lakes and uh, has a very astounding practice, Gary, I know because we're so thankful that you've carved time out for us, but I know it's not easy because you are in such great demand. I'm not just puffing him up. The truth is he's one of the most sought after voices in mental mm -hmm. health and therapy in our part of the world. Again, Gary, thanks for joining us. So proud to have you. Well, like I said, it's my pleasure to be with you both. Gary, have you seen or been exposed to anyone who's had the virus or has a family member who's battling the virus? Has that been a part of your practice at all this year? Yes, I've seen a number of people now who have actually had the uh, virus, recovering from it. Unfortunately, I've had some family members now who've had someone die because of the virus. So mm -hmm. it's been a very uh, sobering experience for me just to see what changes this has made in their lives and how it continues to make changes in their lives. Gary, your practice is adjacent to a hospital. Correct. I mean, with a medical practice and with a, a hospital setting, yes. Yeah, so I mean, you're kind of on the front line there. Tell, tell me a little bit about just your own protocols. You, you have continued to see people in person. What kind of modifications have you made in your practice? Well, like most people, you know, there is the virtual that uh, you can do on a, a screen. Uh, God's blessed us enough that we've been able to continue to see people even through all this in person. And that was needed because there's so many people that unfortunately at times, we were the only contact they had, you know, especially if it's been a family member. And, and I can tell you there were quite a few, especially if you've lost a loved one, and not because of COVID, but you maybe had gone through a death and there's no one you could go see. So at times, when they would come to my office, 
uh, besides my secretary and myself, we may be the only one they've seen the entire week, literally. So it was, uh, again, a very uh, humbling experience to realize that sometimes people were coming in the office just saying, you know, to see someone, but then again, they were scared. It's a medical practice, and boy, the precautions that uh, were taken and continue to be taken are, are tremendous. People don't realize a lot of times the, the cleanliness that goes on, and you hear that, but it really is a every hour kind of process. So we were able to see people during that face-to-face and continuing now to see people face-to-face more, although with some people who have health conditions, we're still doing virtual because of that as well. When you say you've seen some patients who are recovering from COVID, can you tell us a little bit about what that's like for a patient who has been through the valley with COVID and is coming back up? Are there certain dynamics of, of mental and emotional spiritual health that have been impacted as well as their bodies? Yeah, let me speak, Jim, again. It's going to be limited because there's a lot of research now coming out that you'll read about. And again, it'll be more and more. But and again, mine's not just limited because I've, unfortunately I've had quite a few people who have had the virus. Again, you stated earlier, some of them minor, you know, where it was the uh, cold and uh, you always hear the, the loss of taste, uh, smell. Those are the main ones, uh, the pressure on the chest, breathing. Then there are the, the moderate ones where it's like, oh, you know, not only was that, I was in bed, I was fearful. And then several that ended up in the hospital. Fortunately, I've not had anyone that was on the ventilator, but several that were in the hospital. And I'll start with that because that's the isolation and the fear of being alone. And that's even now uh, what we're dealing with is some what we consider post-traumatic stress from that because the nurses would come in, and as one gentleman said to me, I realized that they're coming in completely gowned up, uh, the shields, and they can only stay for a moment, and then that door closes again, and you're by yourself. Now, you may have a cell phone, but there's no other human contact. And at the beginning, a couple of them that went through the time when we were not sure of anything that was going on, those people have really suffered and continue to suffer because of the fear of being alone. And so even though they're physically well, they still have this kind of traumatic experience and memory that they don't close the door or don't leave me alone here because of what they experienced in Uh, hospital. And a couple, and again, I'll be not too specific because I don't want to break confidence, but one lady in particular stated even the evening now, when, and she's doing better. Again, there's there's complications that carry over, you know, the, the breathing problems. But uh, she states, even in the evening, there will be certain times, and even though she's doing fine physically, she goes, the fear will come over. Oh, no, here it comes again. You know, if I cough mm-hmm. too much mm-hmm. or I'm not breathing well, she goes, that fear just encapsulates. And we've seen people then develop into some full-blown anxiety and panic attacks. Gary, I know uh, as a pastor... Jim, we know how important the grieving process is, right? The, the, the act, the ritual of a funeral, of, of being able to be with your loved one, to say goodbye, to, to celebrate, to memorialize. All those stages are so important for our healing process. I have a friend who lost both his parents within 10 days of each other to COVID wasn't able to be there, wasn't able to be present, of course, has, wasn't able to, to do any sort of service. I'm wondering, have you seen folks in your practice who have lost people and what it's like for, I mean, I mean, all these thousands of people who are grieving 
and don't have these sort of deep-seated, I mean, ages old, centuries old practices that we've learned and and are ingrained in us for healing that that we haven't had to lean on. How are they doing? How do they move forward? Well, Kimberly, you know, you you mentioned it with the person that lost uh, two people. I've I've seen unfortunately several now who've lost family members at the beginning in particular when you know you couldn't go into the hospital. I mean, even now there's still a great deal of protocol, but at the beginning of this, and I say that at the beginning for several months, you you drop your person off at the emergency room. Yeah. And that's literally a few people I've had that I've counted. That's the last time they saw them. Yeah. You know, they 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 were gone. A few that were able to get in and, and able to see and the person at the last time, they're all gowned up, and here's this person in front of them dying, and there's nothing you can do. So there's there's the hurt, there's the sadness, the grieving, the anger, and now it's coming into focus because some of those people are coming in to see me for that very reason. You know, it's like I didn't get a chance to grieve, and now all there is is a headstone. And again, some of these, there weren't, there weren't even funerals. I know. And so it's like delayed reaction and when you have a delayed reaction, it's almost like, now how am I supposed to deal with this when everything, like the movie ended, and, and I didn't get a chance to even see what the movie was about. Yeah. Gary, we're in a holiday season now. Thanksgiving is upon us in the United States. Christmas will be a global phenomenon in a few weeks on, and... With the pandemic, there have been so many losses. There have been so many things taken away. How do we approach the holidays? I realize that you can't dismiss grief, and grief is a real process that must be engaged to be able to find good health on the other side, I think. But how would you counsel families who have suffered a loss of a loved one or maybe are gripped by fear or they've had some economic losses? I mean, there are all kinds of things that people have had to give up for the pandemic. And yet it's Thanksgiving, uh, it's Christmas. What would you say to them? What are important concepts to reach for? Well, Jim, and I don't want this to sound trivial because some people go, well, how do I compensate for loss? Well, you can't compensate for loss, but how do you live? Mm. You know, and how do we live today? And uh, without going back to an old song, but these are a few of my favorite things. You know, they, <laughs> what, what are those things? I mean, you know, sometimes we forget in the midst yeah. of it. I'm, I'm reminded of people, uh, years ago, I had a, a lady who had actually gone through and survived the concentration camps. Mm. And I always remember she impressed me more because she said, I still remember there were good things. There were things I would come back to. And I remember she talked about a flower one time, seeing a flower bloom outside the um, bob wire around the, the facility. And she said, that's what I remember to overcome in, in the bad things. And I think so now with holidays and can we say, it's what are the things that we can remember about people and remember that carry on um, traditions, mm-hmm. new traditions. Mm-hmm. And it sounds again simplistic, but it's not because I think that's what's needed in the midst of this to hold on to things that we know that are uplifting, that really are things that we can say, this gives me some peace in the middle of this, this storm. I read a, a book once of a man who lost his uh, young son, uh, young, he was a young man in his early 20s who was killed in an accident. And he, he wrote about his grief process, but he said the sorrow actually helped him clarify what matters and what doesn't. And he found joy in things he used to drive by, just right. as you're describing. You know, <laughs> So the frost 
on the barren tree outside his window looked so beautiful in the morning sun, and it's something he never used to pay attention to. Hmm. The snow on the ground as he was riding in the winter, or as you described, maybe a flower blooming. I mean, but there's so many small things. I'm just describing visuals of nature, but there are a lot of other small things. A song, a, a musical memory, an old film, anything that connects us to the true nature of life yes. becomes then something to celebrate. And so that uh, the loss is mediated in part by our willingness to acknowledge all those things for which we can give thanks. Even a lot of times at the holidays, and this is outside of COVID, but it's remembering uh, the funny things, the, the good times. I mean, I've seen people at holidays that, you know, the, the dwelling is on, the person's gone. And that's true, and we can't take away from that. But I remember a few years ago, and I use this little self-disclosure, when my father-in-law died, he was always a person at uh, Thanksgiving, and and uh, he would sit there and he would do the traditional things, and I carve up the turkey. Well, that first Thanksgiving when he was not there, we're all kind of sitting there, just kind of dumbfounded, looking at the plates, until finally we kind of said, "Hey, let's look at some things that we'd be laughing about and talking about, and not being trivial." Mm-hmm. But then you realize you're halfway crying and laughing at the same time, mm-hmm. but it brought joy and it brought us back to the reality of we can still move on. We can still move forward. You can laugh even during a pandemic. Yes. And laughter is a healing medicine. Uh, And I'm just laughing as you tell the story about your uncle because my dad was that guy. My dad always carved the turkey. We always had a big family dinner. He was the master of slicing up that turkey in a way that looked like the cover of a magazine. And then he died. And I'm the only son. And it's Thanksgiving. And I'm telling you, that turkey was butchered by my <laughs> knife. <laughs> you know, it was horrible. All we could do was laugh. <laughs> Where's dad? Because Jim has made a mess of it. But there was a real healing moment there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have to find those. And you can't just stumble onto them. Be intentional. You've got to be able to talk about it. That's where a lot of times people want to hold on to it. And even in this pandemic, there, there are still good things if we can grab a hold of them and really, and really talk about it and let those things out. That's important. One of the things I say to my nieces um, after my sister passed, I think of myself, I think of the ones of us who remain. We're the keepers of the secrets. You're exactly right, yes. And we, yeah. we're the people, we're here to tell the stories, you know? Like, that's our role. And so what a gift if we can if we can tell those stories. You, Jim, telling the grandkids about how Grandpa Don used to cut the turkey and how terrible <laughs> I am at it, but I'm going to try, right? And McKenna, someday it'll be your time. And, you know, yes. that's that's what gets us through. And, and it's the laughter. Yeah. We, said, we, we sometimes forget, even in the midst of the storm, to be able to laugh, to be able to share those things that just uplift. And again, I, I like we, we're the keeper of the secrets, but we shouldn't be. We need to share and yes. make sure our kids and that legacy continues. Even in the middle of this, I mean, somewhere down the road, and we'll probably be gone, but they'll look back and go, well, what about 2020, those people that lived during Ooh. that pandemic? How did, they, how did they make, how did they spiritually make it? How did yeah. they rest upon God? All those are important. Well, and I'm just going to, I'll do a little confession here. Gary has heard me confess other things over a lifetime. Get ready for <laughs> one more. And uh, that has to do with, okay, last night my wife and I in our bedroom turned on the TV, but not to watch the news, to listen to music. And guess what they had? 
a Christmas, Christmas channel. Oh, great. So we closed the blinds and just pretended that Christmas oh. was coming. And honestly, the the music of Christmas, and there's a mixed bag of feelings about holidays like Christmas. I understand that people carry all kinds of experience. But for us, just listening to those sounds made the world seem like it was normal again yes. in the moment. Yes. Because one more round of White Christmas with Rosemary Clooney, and it seems like, you know what? The world is going to be okay. Gary, as we're approaching Thanksgiving, I know that we can intellectually have a kind of graceful and grateful spirit. You know, you, you can just be a person who appreciates things and and is thankful. But it seems to me that the real experience of being thankful, even in a world of loss and beyond my control, has to be tied to someone greater and bigger than myself. Who is the provider? How do I really experience thanksgiving without offering that thanks to someone? I can say thank you to my wife for the Thanksgiving dinner. I can say thank you to my friends for caring about me. I can say thank you to my parents who are both passed away now, but I just am thankful for their memory. But honestly, tell me if I'm if I'm off point here. Is there more power when I am able to express thanks to God? Yes. Jim, when we talk about, I go back to that thought in the verse where my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And the key is, do I really grab a hold of that and give him thanks for that? And again, I think and share that. Do I show that to other people? Does my life reflect back? Uh, am I a light to others of what Christ has provided for me? And I can only do that when I, I look inside and say, Lord, thank you. And spiritually, on a day-to-day basis, really seek him and say, Lord, even in these times of trouble, thank you for being here. Thank you for uplifting me, even when at times I can't see it, I don't feel it, but I know you're there. And that's what I think it's all about. And in a world where maybe I have suffered COVID myself or have had a loved one lost by COVID, or maybe the disease has not actually touched me or my family, but I've lost my job, or I've been dislocated from something really meaningful to me because this world is beyond my control, how can I thank a God of the universe who's allowed that to happen? Or can I come to a point of just knowing that our days are numbered. We have just these days. I can't worry about the next one. I'm glad I have what I have today. And I'm thankful that God is the author of every good and perfect gift. And if it's good, it came from God. And if it's bad, it didn't come from him. I think that's fair. I think what you're looking at is exactly what we've said throughout these several times that we've been able to meet talking about this COVID. There are things that happen that we can't explain. But I also know that God said he's there all I have to do is just ask. And even in those quiet times when they seem overwhelmed, that's when God, I really do believe, will reach down in those moments and give peace that passes all understanding. Still doesn't mean I may not be angry. Still may be upset. I still may be depressed. But in the midst of it, God said, he never leaves me, never forsakes me. And that's what we grab a hold of. And this Thanksgiving, let's focus on what we do have, not what we don't have. That's really a key to the whole holiday, isn't it? And while you may not have it the way you wanted it to be, you have it. And be thankful. I don't know. Where you are listening today, you're thinking, I'm not buying that. 
I have had so many things taken from me during the pandemic. I, I just can't be thankful. Or maybe there's something inside of you that wants to be thankful, but you're not sure how to get there because you've suffered so much loss and you're grieving or you're angry. You're going through those stages. What to do? I'm just here to tell you that the best place to start is always with prayer. Prayer is talking to God. He listens and he will respond. But it requires you to put yourself in a posture of bowing before him. I'm telling you, this Thanksgiving, you will find a spirit of Thanksgiving if you'll start with prayer. You can do that with us right here, right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Take a deep breath and pray with us. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful. There are things that we wish we had that we do not now have. Maybe the touch of someone we've loved who's passed away by the COVID or or maybe some other disease, cancer or heart disease or, or an accident of some kind. But it's a loss. And as we come to the holiday, we're conscious of that loss because it's not the same this year as it was last when they were by our side. Still, Lord, we are thankful. Maybe we're not in our house the way we hoped we would be because economically we've been dislocated by the pandemic or a job loss or a circumstance that's not allowed us to travel in the way we used to, to get back home, whatever that is, even if we're not in the place that we wished we could be or where we were last year, we are someplace and we thank you. Maybe, Lord, we wish that we could be better and that our own lives could be unpacked in a more positive way or maybe that our own thoughts could be more positive, but right now they're a cauldron of grief and loss and questions. But we're thankful, Lord. We have a mind and we have the capacity to think, to hear, listen, taste, touch, smell. And in all of this, Lord, we give you thanks because we know if it's good, it came by your hand. And this Thanksgiving, Lord, we first of all just say thank you. Thank you for imagining us. Thank you for breathing life into us. Thank you for bringing us this far. Thank you for this day. And we thank you for the days to come. May they be held in your hand. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who's made it possible for us to pray, to hear from, and to be changed by you. It is in his name we offer this prayer. Amen. Now, next step. Give us a call right now. If you've prayed with us, call us up. We have a toll-free number, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. All you have to do is dial these numbers, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're right by the phone, and I promise you, we'll be so glad to hear your voice. But Kimberly, I know somebody's not going to pick up the phone. That's just a step too far, but they might check us out online. Where would they find us? That's right. You can find us online at cbhviewpoint.org. And if you send us a message, we'll respond. CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. CBHviewpoint.org. And maybe you've accessed this conversation on social media already. Just put a comment in the social media feed. We're tracking that. We'll be right back in touch, I promise. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, use the social media feed, or write me a letter, please let us hear from you this week. I promise you we'll be thankful to see your name or hear your voice. And we're very thankful for you, Gary Vaughn. Thanks for the work you do day in, day out, and with us today. Well, I appreciate being with both of you today. Thank you. 
and Kimberly, thanks for coming alongside. Yeah, so glad to be here. To both of you in my studio, to everyone listening, happy Thanksgiving. Even in the pandemic, there's much for which we can be thankful. And we're thankful that you joined us this week, and we hope you'll join us again next week. As always, we'll try and help you see your world from heaven's view. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministries team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Happy Thanksgiving, and stay tuned.